With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, hello and welcome to the Mike's Beer Bar Afternoon Ask Anything. I'm Dayan Kovacevic, joined by Gerard Gilberto, our baseball writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We'll be joined in a moment or two by Dale Lawley, our football writer, and the way this works is you leave questions, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure when you do Twitter, you don't just answer, reply on Twitter. You have to hit the little Periscope designation at the bottom right of the video. You'll see it there. That sends you into the old Periscope thing. That's where you actually send uh, the questions. What's going on, Gerard? Hey, how's it going? Where's your mask? <laughs> I'm in my apartment. By myself, so I'm good. Uh, we have uh, we have a bunch of stuff here to go through here. Let's get started right off the bat here with a football one from Corey Hecker, who says, "With the NFL schedule released, I'm still seeing 11 wins if Ben stays upright." Oh no! Well, I'll tell you what, Ben did stay upright in 2020, and it still didn't keep the offense from fading terribly down the stretch. And there's Dale right now. Dale can jump in on this question right away. Can you see it, Dale? I can see it, yeah. Um, you know, that's every team, if the quarterback stays upright. I mean, quite frankly, uh, you, again, if how many, how many games are Chiefs winning without Patrick Mahomes? How many winning, you know, games are the Bills winning without uh, Josh Allen or, you know, the Ravens without Lamar Jackson? And quite frankly, uh, you know – this could be a season, especially if Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson get the contract, uh, you know, extensions that uh, they're expected to get during this offseason. If you're the Bills and the, and the Ravens, do you want those guys running the ball 160, 100, you know, the 200 times if you're going to be paying them or sinking, you know, $150 million into them? I, I don't I don't know. But, yeah, I think, you know, when, when I look at the, the Steelers' schedule um, – I was just making notes. I was oh, pull back the curtain. I was just writing uh, insider stuff. They go almost two months and only get on a plane once. They have the second shortest air miles traveled this year. So yeah, you can complain about, well, this team's tough and that team's tough and, and, and all that stuff. But in terms of beating your body up, getting on a plane and those kind of things, that's not happening this year. Well, Ben stayed upright in 2020, and it didn't work out real well. Well, it worked out for 12 wins. It's just not the way that, uh, you know, everybody might have wanted. But In the end here, 
Let's have some baseball questions, people. I'm not seeing any baseball questions here. Steven says, has any Pittsburgh athlete ticked you off more than Todd Frazier? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't even know the guy. This, this isn't even close. Dale, let's talk about Mike Mitchell. Let's talk about guys that – I mean, James Harrison. Did, Todd Frazier's like nothing compared to these guys. He was. Just, I, never, I never had a problem with James Harrison. We had a pretty good relationship. Uh, you know, I can't – I don't know that others can say that, but uh... – I mean, there's been some guys, you know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders comes to mind. Uh, Chad Scott uh, was always uh, kind of a, a jerk. Um, you know, th- that's, that comes with the territory. I mean, just just last month, uh, Stephen Nelson came after me on, on social media. It happens. It's no big deal. No, it definitely is not here. Swan asks... Uh... Uh, he says something nice about my podcast from today about Will Craig seemed to inspire the team uh, to promote him. Gerard, I'm not thinking that it was my podcast that did it. No, it's, uh, they did IL Philip Evans, um, which is just uh, really – this last couple of weeks have been just awful. Um, like for him? Oh, you mean for, for everybody? The, for everybody. I mean, Moran's oh. down and, and Evans is down and Crick is down and Cool is down. And all these guys are down and – we had this, you know, mystery injury with Brian Reynolds missing a couple games this weekend, and now it's Philip Evans that, that uh, has a has a hamstring. So he's on the IL. Craig comes up, hit a couple home runs the other day, hit another one last night. Um, yeah, I mean, time time to give him a chance, right? Like what? What? You know what, what's funny, for? Gerard? You've covered you've covered minor league baseball at milb.com for for a long time, and you know that there are guys that certain organizations just lose faith in, or, or never had faith in to begin with. And Will Craig to me is the perfect example. 2013 first round pick, who's hit home runs, and he's kind of hit okay, you know, in terms of other metrics uh, in AAA in a couple of years down there. But new management comes along; they have no attachment to him. They're not married to him in any way. He's got four total plate appearances in the majors. First-round pick who can't even buy himself a cup of coffee in Pittsburgh. And I, that, that, I guess that's the thing that got me. Like, man, you're running out of first baseman here. You had Eric Gonzalez there last night. Let him play, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I, I think they're up against it now, and they didn't really have much of a choice. And obviously we see their, their thinking with uh... – Let's see. He, we just got the lineup here. Yeah, he's batting eighth tonight and playing first base. So, yeah. That's, but even we'll then, they can't be any worse. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, these guys are hitting 043 or something. I mean, we're talking oh, about – There's one guy, and he's good. So that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, Todd yeah. Todd Frazier had, what, two or three more hits than, than the three of us combined? Nice. Um, Save the Todd Frazier jabs for me, please. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Sherrod asks, what minor league affiliate has a chance to win a championship this year? Wouldn't that be our grasshoppers? Uh, you better hope not, because it means they'd be there the whole year, right? Oh, like, good call. The goal the goal is to get promoted. That's Greensboro. So, yeah, Greensboro. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, I, you know, hopefully Roanzi Contreras isn't in Altoona much longer. And, uh, well, Piguero has a right knee problem now. They don't tell us specifically what it is. I just imagine it's sore, sprain, whatever it is. But um, yeah, Gonzalez is there. Priester's there. If if they're if they're going well, they're not going to be there by the end of the year. Um, so hey, might as well say Indy, because uh, you know everything's new now. The uh, 
Oh, the indie roster that exists now, hopefully, if everything goes well, is not the indie roster. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, as far they can as put some new flags up in, in Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know if you've ever – have you been to that park, Gerard? No, I have not been to Indianapolis. I go to Indianapolis, of course, every year except for this year, and they always have the uh, – you know, the, the former players, the former star players up, and it's Jameson Tyon. Andrew and Polanco, McCutcheon. And Andrew and McCutcheon. Yes, same guys. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dan- hey, that, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Daniel down in Brazil asks, hey, guys, uh, DK, I know you like analytics and hockey, but they don't tell the whole story. What do you think the analytics guys need to do in order for them to be more accurate? Well, this applies actually – more to baseball and football than it does to hockey because hockey's analytics data is so crude. And I say that knowing that uh, the NHL actually just this morning put out a release that said they're going to put out all kinds of advanced data related to the next time the Avalanche play because they want to start getting their analytics people used to more metrics. Example, Gerard, when did line drive rate come in? into baseball when did they start being able you could just look at see exit velocity uh Statcast started tracking in 2015 okay so it hasn't been that long dale when did next gen stats start on nfl that wasn't just like a couple of years ago right yeah a couple it's been within the last couple of years and the look at the difference it makes even in our coverage we were able to say all last season that ben roethlisberger had the fastest release time in the nfl never mind that he was freaking out because his blockers couldn't hold people off <laughs> he still had the fastest release time in the NFL. Why? Because we had we knew we had that data. In hockey, everything is predicated off the shot attempt. It's crazy. We're building off possession metrics and everything else. We don't track the velocity of the shot, the accuracy of the shot. So when we say that something is a high-danger scoring chance in hockey, Daniel, we're just basing it on where the dude was on the rink. That's it. Did he actually make a good shot? Did he put some gusto on it? We have no idea from the data that's available. So maybe that, maybe we're getting there. Maybe we're getting there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Um, Swan says, Juju's not a fan of the 17-game season. Is this a surprise, and do you think the majority of the players feel this way? Well... I know that more than 50% of them don't because they voted for it. They voted for it. I mean, (laughs) you know, the veteran guys can complain about it as much as they want. The problem in the NFL with their union is that there are 53 guys in that locker room. And of the 53, there are probably 40 of those guys who are just trying to make it to the next season. 
And then you get your 13 to 20 established veterans who aren't going anywhere. They're going to be in the league for, you know, five or, you know, five to six years. The rest of them are just trying to get another year on the contract so that, you know, the, the owners could go to those guys and say, hey, how about we play 17 games on the moon? And those guys would be, okay, let's do it. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll take that money because it, that's just the reality of the situation. You're never, you're never going to get full agreement on, on anything in the, for, you know, in an NFL locker room because there's so many guys in different situations. Yeah, they're hanging on by their fingernails, and it's not like the owners don't know how to exploit that. They're actually really, really, really good at it. CJ says, uh, Gerard, do you think that Mitch Keller can stay out of his head and allow Jacob Stallings to call the pitches that will allow him to be successful? Um, I don't think it's Stallings' uh, issue, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Stallings can – you can throw anybody back. You throw – you had Air Molina back there. It's it's all up to Mitch. You know he's he's got to make those pitches and and I know that uh it, a lot of the talk of it is is uh, uh you know what could be viewed as a lack of conviction or whatever it is. But you know it's if if he can throw strikes first and foremost, great. And then he's got to hit spots. You, you you saw what happened a couple nights ago against the Reds. It, the pitches were in the zone, but they're getting crushed because they're you know they're getting way too much plate. And then the next night, Brubaker comes out and he's hitting corners and and you know hitting the black of plenty so yeah it's it's pitch execution with with keller and and if it's in his head it's in his head yeah it's it's we say it all the time the stuff is there and and potential and and i know people sort of roll their eyes at potential but potential in this case means capability honestly i saw a a lot of the same things out of tyler glass now early in his career yeah almost the same exact thing you know until these young pitchers get up and do it uh you know at that level um, either, either they're too dumb to know better and they just don't care. Uh, I'm just going to throw it up there and if they hit it, they hit it. Or uh, you get the other side of the coin where they, they, they're afraid to give up hits. I, you know, again, I, I coach baseball and I would much rather have my pitcher getting knocked around than going out there and walking seven guys. Yeah. See, I you know, thought, I thought Keller's outing the other night at PNC park, the, the one where he got rocked in the fourth inning I actually found that to be part of his continuing progress I'm sorry I liked what I saw of him in San Diego he was able to get results he didn't get results in the fourth but he never stopped throwing in the zone I'm gonna uh this was about when Glass now was still with the Pirates and he came up uh Kyle Crick I, I can tell this story out of turn Kyle Crick who's just a he's just tremendous to be around uh Crick pulled me over one day to his stall and said man, why don't they just let him pitch? Meaning glass now. And I go, what do you mean? I knew what he meant. I just wanted him to say it, you know. What do you mean, Kyle? He goes, well, you know, I mean, they're always telling him, think of this and think of that and think of this and think of that. Look at this arm this guy's got. Look at the movement on these pitches. Leave him alone. And everyone gives Tampa Bay all this credit. Like they were the glass now whisperers or something. Tyler, Tyler will tell you himself that when he got to St. Petersburg, all they did, all he did was just start throwing the baseball, you know, not much to it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Wes says, who on the Penguins besides Geno, Sid, and Latang will be the most impactful for the team to make a deep run? That's um, easy. Christian Jari. Yeah, I, I'm not how you, sure how you left him out there, Wes. Yeah, <laughs> if if Dale's jumping in with the quick hockey answers, man. <laughs> it's always about the goaltender, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, yeah, it is. In the East Division, 
specifically, uh, I'll say this. You know, I, I look at the Islanders, and I don't trust Semyon Varlamov in goal, uh, and not just because he's he's been uh, held out of some practices this week on Long Island, uh, but I also look at the rest of the East Division, and the only goaltender that I see who's more established, who's better, is the obvious one, and that's Tuka Rask in Boston, who the Penguins might not even get to if they end up losing to Washington. If Tristan Jari can be the main guy, can be the guy in the playoffs, wow, man, different world here. We're now having a totally different discussion. Um about the Penguins here. Stephen asks any word on the start of the series. Yes, Sunday at noon is game one. Game two is Tuesday. Game three, we head on up to uh, to Long Island for there. Dale, what's the deal with Dwayne Haskins? Is he really going to be the – ah, look at his face. Is he really going to be the future after Ben Roethlisberger? Let's well, not, it's let's, a fair question. But let's not put the horse ahead of the cart – or behind the cart ahead of the horse, I should say. He's going to make the roster first. He's not guaranteed of anything here. Uh, you know, he's got to beat out, first of all, he's, he's got to beat out Josh Dobbs for the number three spot. Now, I expect that to happen, but he's not even going to be number two this year. Mason Rudolph is a number two quarterback on this football team. Haskins has to prove that, A, he can, he can you know, get his head on straight and then, B, run this offense. Um, no, I wouldn't say he's really going to be the future after Ben. I think he's got a chance to be part of that, but he's got to show that he can do it first. Yeah, he's got to make a step up. That's that's the, the the phrase that I've been using as it relates to Haskins for a while is that he's got an opportunity uh, here in Pittsburgh. He's got an opportunity, Dale, in the same context that Paxton Lynch did. And I keep putting him in the same line with Paxton Lynch. Another first-round pick came here from Denver, and they kind of stored him off to the side and said, here's a project. Look, when you get your reps, make the most of them. You know, they're watching every practice rep just as much as they are every game rep, you know? Yeah. There's Rob no has a customer service complaint here. He says he was gifted his 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 DK subscription. He can't access it, and no one has gotten back to him yet. Just to show you how transparent we are, Rob, we're right here, man. Send send the actual complaint right here. We will take care of it during the airing of this program, whatever you got there. Now, actually, don't do that because we need your email address, and you don't want to put that up here for everybody. So email help at dkpittsburghsports.com, and we will happily take care of you. Uh, today tim also gives my podcast credit for will craig's promotion and that's absolutely ridiculous west clarifies that he was talking about skaters dale not jari so stop jumping in on the hockey stuff man is jari not on skates out there (laughs) oh wow uh if if you're going for a skater here most important guy i would say beyond that uh beyond the three that you mentioned here would be jake gensel i mean jake gensel is a playoff performer a proven playoff performer here uh paul says weren't weren't clint hurdle and Derek shelton former hitting coaches so why with actual hitting coaches and former hitting coaches why do the pirates have issues hitting and why is the hitting coach still here go ahead gerard have you seen the lineup the last couple days (laughs) why does nobody ever mention that (laughs) you know have you ever heard uh to paul have you have you ever ever heard it's the uh, it's the Indian, not the arrow. When people talk about kids, you know, you go out and buy your kid a five hundred dollar bat. Um, it doesn't make him hit any better. You can have yeah. all the coaching in the world. I mean, these guys are all coached up. They probably most of them at this point have been coached since they were five years old. Uh, in, in many cases, you can either hit or you can't. 
Yeah. These guys I, could I all think, hit at some point. I, I think what they've already gotten out of this group is probably more than what we should have expected. And this is not a group that should be seeing regular at bats. Look at Wilmer Defoe. Wilmer Defoe's lead the league in, in pinch hits, but then, That's you know, he goes and, oh, is he really? <laughs> Just all so right. he can well, say, are we not? Um, but Wilmer Defoe leads the league in pinch hits, but then, you know, he put him in the lineup and, and he, you know, I think he was like 0 for 16 or something like that as a yeah. starter, you know? So That's what he is. He's these a guys are just player. not built for, yeah, some of these guys are just not built for it. And the, like Eric Gonzalez, great compliment off the bench. And I, I think he can, you talk about trade candidates and stuff like that. I think they're with his glove and his ability to play third base. I think he can absolutely be a trade candidate, but I wouldn't want him getting 500 at bats in a season. Yeah, that, I mean that's the thing with the Pirates. The 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 general sentiment in the public is so negative that as soon as they do well, no one asks. Or I'm sorry, as soon as they don't do well, no one asks why. They just think this is the default mode. Instead of so, if you tell them, listen, do you understand what kind of an impact Cabrian Hayes would be having in this lineup right now? Do you understand that, Gerard? You've laid eyes on this kid on a regular basis down there. This this kid is not an accident. He's not a fluke. Right. And he's been out since game two. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. it's not it's not the Mets where right, like you, you paid a guy three hundred fifty million dollars and if he's not hitting after a month, fire everybody. It's not that. Like and no. it can't and it can't be viewed in the same light. And obviously, you know, we talk about guys growing and, and patience needed and, and letting the kids learn and that's you, you got to take that into perspective as well. So much Bush says, will the McCann, Carter, and Goudreau line stay together in the playoffs, or will Evan Rodriguez get in when healthy? I'm not touching that line, man. Um, there's no chance. One of the advantages that you're going to have over New York, and I believe the Penguins have many advantages over them, is – not fourth line depth because the Islanders, of course, have trademark best fourth line in hockey. The Penguins have a better third line than what New York has. The Penguins have a better second line than what New York has. And I think these are important advantages that you need to take advantage of. You go out and you get yourself a Jeff Carter so that his line makes sense. Well, right now, if you watch the Penguins over the last couple of weeks, the Carter line's been their best line. You wouldn't list it that way on the chart, but they've been the most effective line. You're absolutely not taking Freddie Goodrow off there. So long as Freddie stays good on the PK, that's what matters more than anything toward the bottom six here. Um, Tim says Troy Stokes looks like someone who can play the outfield. Any chance he gets a long look versus the retreads? I, he's getting it now. I mean, they have yeah. five outfielders, right? And they, they came to – they broke camp with four, including two, as you say, retreads. Um, but, uh, you know, now there's five guys out there, and, and I, I don't see any reason why you'd want to cut Ben Gamble loose, especially, I mean, I'm the only one that thinks they actually gave up a lot for Ben Gamble. But, uh, you know, it, it's still anybody that you give something up for is worth giving an extra shot, and, and Stokes can be options up and down. So, um, yeah, I, I – I, would like to see him i think it'd be much more entertaining the guy could actually hit a ball out of the park better as good or better than most on this roster um <laughs> he actually he actually square one up better than most on this roster too so yeah i'd love to see it and, uh 
yeah, I'm not sure how much longer they're willing to roll with Ben Gamble. And Kai Tom obviously earned his spots. Like, he's going to get more time. Randy Steele asks, is B.J. Finney not being adequately respected as the possible starting center for the Steelers this season? Dale, please share with everyone how strongly Mike Tomlin feels about B.J. Finney. Yeah, I mean, they like him a a lot. (laughs) Um, You know, I I think that had they had their choice last year, they would have re-signed him. This is still the same guy who got $4.5 million a year uh, from Seattle. Um, you know, they feel like that he's a long-term NFL offensive lineman. Um, I, I know that for a fact. Um, you know, they feel like he's a guy that can play into his mid-30s. Now, whether that comes to fruition or not, uh, you know, he, for whatever reason, things didn't work out for him last year. You changed teams. It was a, it was COVID. There was all kinds of situ- you know issues there, um, you know, that he wasn't able to work out and those kind of things. Great. And, and he, maybe he just didn't fit in in Seattle, but I know he fits in here. I know he's respected in that locker room. I know they're eleven and two in the thirteen starts that he's made over Ooh, the course of his career. Wow! So I didn't know that. You know they've had some of their best running days. Uh, now this goes back to Le'Veon Bell and even some James Conner stuff. But they've had some of their better running games with BJ Finney in the starting lineup. So yeah, I think you know it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Finney is the you know, if he starts all season long, that doesn't mean that Kendrick Green is some kind of failure. That just means that B.J. Finney's been good. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing with Kendrick Green I, I, is, you know, he has to play center. And I understand that they believe that he can play center. And I also understand that one summer and then three weeks of reps in Latrobe might not necessarily be able to achieve that. And he has to play center in a way that's conducive with the franchise quarterback. Yeah. I don't think the, the actual playing of center will be a problem for Kendrick green. It's everything else that's being asked him. Can he make the off? Can he make the line calls? Can he do those kind of things? That's going to be the difference. And I know that I know that BJ Finney can do those things, Swan especially said, with the, a very young offensive line around him. Swan says, Gerard, if the A's leave Oakland, what city do you think will be the new home? Of the athletics, I should have worn my A's uh, hat today. Washington, PA would be a great spot. Wild things gonna, would get bumped. I was going to say Staten Island, New York, Dale. You were reading my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be Nashville. Um, I know uh, uh, Epstein had joined that group to. Is it Epstein? Dombrowski. Some one of the former Red Sox executives joined that group to move a team to Nashville. Vegas, you'd have to build a dome or a retractable roof. You cannot play day baseball in Vegas. Um, there's a reason that, that the Arizona league th- doesn't play day games too. Like you can't play daytime baseball in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Nashville would be the most attractive uh, option that or Charlotte, that, that triple a park in Charlotte is awesome. Like it's it, really pretty. It really yeah, is. It, it's it right does, downtown and it's expandable. Yeah. And it was, however, yeah. however, I have three words for this conversation. Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Simple as that. The Expos need to come back to Major League Baseball. Whenever the Expos, I'm sorry, whenever the Blue Jays were playing these exhibition games in Toronto before the pandemic, and they're bringing in 57,000 people per night in that dump, in that dump, the O, which is nowhere near downtown. Bring back the Montreal Expos it'll be a plus for all of baseball. You can't well, you change know, the sure name, the, though. It's got to be the A's. I'm They've sure the, the Pirates would, 
I'm sure the Pirates would sell out too if they only had one game a year. Lays Atletique. I've got I've got eight <laughs> Oakland A's hats. They can't change it. They can't change the logo. They can't change the team. Yeah. Oh man, um, I thought I saw. I thought I saw. I thought I saw here. Old Chris jumps in and says, "I've been to plenty of fifties ones and Aviators games in Vegas when it's one oh five at night." Cheers. <laughs> Uh, David says, do you fellas think Latang will join Crosby and Malkin in the Hall of Fame when he's done? That, for me, is an unequivocal no. Uh, he's never even been a finalist for the Norris Trophy. And at some point or other, I'm sorry, but when you're in the Hall in any sport, you have to be considered at least the best at your position or one of the very best at your position. To me, that's just a single common denominator uh, across the scope of sports. Uh, Latang will be considered, I believe, the greatest defenseman in Penguins history, but that doesn't put you in the Hall of Fame. Um, let's see here. Dale, which UDFA uh, that's undrafted free agent would you guys like to see make this 53-man roster? I uh, love the show and the Steelers drive, Dale. I, is it Shakur Brown? Is that your guy? I, I think he's he's got the, the best inside track uh, to make it. Uh, I like, uh, you know, if Mark Gilbert can regain, regain what he had a few years ago before he had the hip and ankle injuries. I mean, this is a kid that had six interceptions. Uh, you know, he has the NFL bloodlines. His uncle, Sean Gilbert, his, his cousin is, is Ty Law. You're from Aliquippa. Um, yeah. yeah, from Aliquippa. And, yeah. and then uh, Jamar Watson uh, out of uh, Kentucky uh, is, is an edge rusher, is a guy to keep an eye on as well. Richard says, I've always liked and rooted for Adam Frazier. Why don't the Pirates work out a long-term deal with him? Um, yes, the farm has a lot of up-and-coming kids, may or may not work out, but Adam can play the outfield, the possible exception of Swaggerty. I don't see anyone coming up. You know, there's valid points to be made about the lack of organizational outfield depth, but there's also points to be made for not moving Adam Frazier around when he's a two-time now finalist for gold glove at second base. The thing is, Gerard, he's 29 years old, and you could actually make the case that he could be, to borrow Ben Charrington's favorite term, part of the next winning Pirates team. Yeah, so let's take this one point at a time. You know what's one way to add to your prospect level depth in the outfield? You trade Adam Frazier. Um, and the other thing is you have to provide some a reason for him to want to sign uh in two years when he's a free agent and if you're still in this rebuild and you're still doing this and still doing that he might not want to be here um and you know you got to make it an attractive uh, location for him um unfortunately that might mean trading him to get something back in return you could if you could get an outfield prospect we're not talking about their outfield depth anymore maybe they draft i mean they have a high second round pick this year maybe that's an outfielder you know, so we don't know what what this farm system is going to look like in three months. So it's it's tough to say now, but I think so long as he's here and he's and he's hitting the ball, that stock's just going up and up, and it's going to be hard not to trade him. You know, if he was hitting two seventy five and you know middling defense or whatever, yeah, might as well see if you could you know get more life out of him. But he might be playing too well. You say this about Tyler Anderson all the time. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know how many people realize this right now. Adam Frazier's OPS is number one in all of Major League Baseball among second basemen. By a wide margin, 
the guy can hit. The guy can hit when he's you know how that's you you you've watched him for years, Dale. When he's on, you've also yeah. seen oh, yeah. him. You, yeah, you've seen him also go ice cold when he's but to on. To your point, he's not a bad defender either. At no, he's not. So, he doesn't have like pokey Reese range, right? But he but he he catches what comes his way. No, he yeah. made that play. He, he made that play. He made a couple weeks ago when uh, when they were shifted. On that's the righty, yeah, that was great, um, and that's another reason why you don't move him to the outfield, you know, regardless of what you need. Yeah, you know, if you got a guy that good that could play second base, put him at second base. Yeah, and quite We've frankly, got... he he would be a below average outfielder in terms of what you're getting power wise and well, things of that nature. You know? That also means he'd be a dramatic upgrade over what they've got out there right now. <laughs> Let's we have time for two more here. Paul says. Uh, which team locker room gets lost first? The Jags having Tebow as tight end or the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers? All I know is that the Pittsburgh Steelers would welcome a trade of Aaron Rodgers before they make the trek up to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Let's see Aaron Love take on uh, T.J. Watt. Yeah, I, you know, the Tebow thing is getting overblown. He's a Jacksonville, le- he's a Jacksonville <laughs> legend. I mean, they they would they would probably name him mayor of Jacksonville right now, and he you know because he grew up there, he played Florida, he, he played at Florida, he, he won the national championship at Florida. They need to sell tickets, and so you know you, you bring in Tim Tebow, you let him try out at tight end, you sell a few extra season tickets. That's all that's about. So I, I don't see that as being a huge deal. Uh, and the Aaron Rodgers thing, yeah, that's a big deal. It's a that's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, who doesn't want to be there anymore? Potentially, uh, we've we've seen that happen with Tom Brady. I'm just yeah, glad I don't have thing. to write about Tebow anymore. That was yeah, that's right. Thought, that yeah. was your gig. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Richard says uh, a lot of announcers are giving the Islanders the advantage in seven games. Man, I haven't seen that. Where have you seen that? However, with the way they've been playing and with the and the Penguins pickup of Jeff Carter and the fact that the Penguins won six out of eight meetings, I don't quite understand the prediction. What do the Penguins have to worry about in the upcoming series? What they have to worry about is underperforming, which is hardly without precedent. They underperformed significantly last summer against Montreal. They never got their legs going. They never found a way to beat Carey Price. Yes, Carey Price was playing well, but you got to find different ways to beat the goaltender in those situations. You have to screen him. You have to make his life miserable. They didn't do any of those things. They do hold the keys to beating the Islanders. They have what it takes. Clearly, six out of eight. They've done it. They've beaten Barry Trotz's system. They've outskated these guys. They're a faster team than the Islanders are. And as you point, the Islanders have not played well for quite a while, um, mostly since Anders Lee went down. And that's not a coincidence. He was their captain. You know, Uh, we can handle, let's see, one more, and this one will come in from, uh, actually, no, Real quick ones here on this one here. There's one for Gerard and one for Dale uh, Swan. Would Tyler Anderson, of all the tradables, bring back the best prospects when he's traded? Uh, no, Rich Rodriguez, I think. Either him or Adam Frazier. Over a starting pitcher? Yeah, it's Tyler Anderson. You know, like, what did you what did Tyler you know about Anderson it? pitching he like was, this. Yeah, and is that sustainable? Has he okay. shown throughout his career that he could sustain it? Yeah, but he's he's also a lefty, and you know how that goes with those guys yeah. mature later. And, you know, Jay Happ, a lot of the same stuff was said about Jay Happ when he came here from Seattle and he turned into a – Turned into Jay Happ. You're right, but you don't pay a <laughs> steep price for Jay Happ. Right. Uh, Kevin says, 
I'd love to see Big Ben and more of our starters in the preseason. I know age, injury, player evaluation, but it would be nice to face the Bills with some rhythm. Seems to work for other teams. Dale, we're already lobbying for Ben to play all four preseason games, including, by the way, the Hall of Fame game in Canton. Uh, the Rams didn't play a single starter in the preseason a couple of years ago. Really? I didn't know that. Not a single one. You know, I think that's one of the most overblown things. These guys know how to play. The Bills are going to be in the same boat. You think the Bills are going to play Josh Allen a bunch in the preseason? No. No, they're not going to play their stars. You, you get your guys just enough time to get in there and get ready to play. Uh, one of the things I – th- I think that's overblown because one of the things that doesn't change about the Steelers until maybe this year is the offensive scheme is generally the same every year. The defensive scheme is generally the same every year. So when teams are preparing for the Steelers, they know exactly what to prepare for. So therefore – they look better early on because they, they have a better idea of what the Steelers are going to do. Patriots are the same way. The Patriots always come out of the gate slowly because nothing changes. You know exactly what to expect from them. Whereas these other teams that have turnover, they have a little bit of the element of surprise there. So it's not about the team starting slowly. It's about the preparation level involved. And, and so I think that uh, you know this year with Matt Canada taking over the offense, you'll see some new wrinkles there, and it makes the Steelers a little less predictable. Yeah, new offensive line as well, really, for the most part, when you go across left to right. Um, I guess that would be devil's advocate. That would be the one thing I'd state in favor of trying to get as many on the field reps as possible. Oh, I think also... they'll get they'll get reps. Yeah. Maybe but... other than DeCastro, but but the rest of them, the rest of it, I'm not playing Ben. Plus they got they got young quarterbacks to look at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We need to get Dwayne Haskins lined up as the successor. Sooner rather than later here. Uh, Thanks to everybody for participating uh, in this really, really good session here. Um, This will end up being put out as a podcast, as it always is here. Gerard's heading over to the ballpark. Dale's getting ready for mini camp tomorrow. And I'm heading to uh, Long Island. I guess it's, yeah, next week. And the Penguins, of course, open the Stanley Cup playoffs. Be careful the iced teas up in Long Island, DK. Yeah, I know. They're not not what you think they are. uh, I now, whatever they're serving at the Long Island Marriott, as far as I'll be checking out Spectacular Uniondale, New York. Uh, thanks to everybody for participating and all that other stuff. D. Kevin Kramer?